Live from Southern California, this is the Jim Rome Show. I don't know that I've ever done this. And this is why I'm different. This is not why I'm that guy that's going to fall into that pattern of hot take bullcrap. Mount Rushmore bullcrap. Saying things to get you to look at me bullcrap. You don't know what you're going to get from me. And I want to make sure that people who deserve credit get credit and get shine and get run. So, let me start off by shouting out to my South Floridian homies. South Florida peeps. I'm not even going to ask you how you're living this morning. Instead, I'm going to ask, has life ever been better than it is this morning? Seriously, has there ever been a better time to be an eight seed from the Miami metro area? Apparently, this is the secret to dominating the postseason, being eight and being from South Florida. Because as incredible as the Heat have been, the Panthers just managed to beat them to an Eastern Conference title. That's right. Florida Panther fan, today is your day. I'm pretty certain, although I'd probably have to check with Stucknut, but I'm pretty certain that I have never spent an entire opening segment on the Florida Panthers. And I mean ever. Maybe the last time they made a run to the Stanley Cup Final. Maybe. And how long ago was that? 27 years ago. Right around smack-off three. However, today, Panther fan, you're earning your shine. National shine. International shine. Or at least the Panthers are earning some shine. Or if I'm going to get really specific with it, Chucky is earning some shine, a.k.a. Matthew Kachuk, a.k.a. Keith's kid. I used to interview the old man. Love the old man. God, what a player. Old man was so tough. Love Keith Kachuk. However, Chucky, Chucky here is the son of one of the 10 best American hockey players ever. But the way things are going, Chucky is going to end up on that list himself. The way things are going sacrilegious as it may sound, Chucky may fly right by Pops. The way things are going, I don't want to get crazy with it, but Chucky might end up near the very top of that list because this dude just had one of the most amazing playoff series in the history of that sport. So, of course, when it came down to the literal final seconds of a tied game four last night, with a chance to advance to the final, there was only one dude. One dude who was going to find the back of the net. One dude who was going to light the lamp and send Florida to their second ever Stanley Cup final. And, of course, that dude was Chucky. Kachuk out at the right point covering. 15 seconds in regulation. Kachuk, Reinhardt near circle. Reinhardt in the circle. Shot, and it's fought off by Anderson. Barkov right circle. Down to the eagle right. Kachuk in front of shot. He scores! He scores! He scores! Matthew Kachuk, a power play goal! Power play goal for Matthew 
Kachuk, and the Panthers are 4.3 seconds away from an Eastern Conference Championship and a trip to the Stanley Cup Final. Can you believe it? When the chips are down, when the stakes are the highest, it's number 19 in red coming through. Two thoughts. One of my favorite topics ever. Why is it that certain guys always play their best when it matters most? Why is it that some guys, regardless of sport, can always raise their game when the pressure is greatest? He's one of those guys. My second thought. How about Keith Kachuk? How must this guy feel seeing his kid do that? I know how I felt when I saw my kid work out of a bases-loaded jam against Laguna Hills in high school baseball. The hell must this guy think seeing his kid do this on the biggest stage ever to lead his franchise into the Stanley Cup Final? And if that was not epic enough, incredibly enough, this is why I'm so hyped on this, that was Chucky's third game-winning goal of the series. Not of the postseason. His third game-winning goal of this series. You heard that right. Dude scored the OT winner in Game 1, then the OT winner in Game 2, then delivered the fatal blow to the Canes with 4.3 seconds left in Game 4. It's the kind of thing you imagine when you're skating around on the pond as a kid or on rollerblades in the driveway Except nobody has an imagination that wild. Nobody would ever dream something like that. Maybe you have that Game 7 dream, but you don't think about or dream about getting the game winner three times in four games to get to the final when your franchise hasn't been there in nearly three decades. Three game-winning goals in four games to send your team to the cup final. It's, I don't know, what's the word? Ridiculous. Right, Ricky? Ridiculous. Thank you, Alvin. I'll tell you how ridiculous it is. Even Hemi Buckets thinks that Chucky is a badass. I'm not kidding. Jimmy Butler put out an Instagram post last week doing an on-court workout while rocking Chucky's number 19. And why is that? Because like, recognize, like. Game, recognize, game. Absolute, soul-snatching, savage, recognize, absolute, soul-snatching, savage. What I'm saying to you is, Matthew Kachuk is basically hockey himmy. Matthew Kachuk is hockey himmy. So it's time he got some bleeping national run, for real. Especially since he's very aware that he and the Panthers are still flying under the radar despite their incredible run right through these playoffs. Well, we have tons of support now, but I still think not many people believe. I mean, like the people in this area support and believe in us, but to tell you the truth, there's there's not many people out there that do still. And we know that we've played some really good teams so far in this playoffs, and we know that the next team is going to be unbelievable as well. Um you know, more points, more wins, more whatever than than we have. So um, kind of that similar feel of being the underdog and trying to prove people wrong again. They love it. They love it, man. They're running on that rocket fuel. Proving fools and dopes wrong is all these dudes have been doing the entire postseason. And it didn't just start last night or in this series. 
If you remember back to round one, this is the same Florida Panther team that was down 3-1 to the alleged best team in NHL history. Or at least the team that had the best regular season in NHL history. That's not even subjective. That's just the truth. The Bruins did put up more points in NHL history in the regular season than any team ever. Still, they could not seal the deal in the first round against these same Panthers. I mean, seriously, my half fam. My half fam is just getting owned. My half fam is getting fully owned by the Miami metro area right now. Somehow, the Panthers pulled off that 3-1 comeback in that series. Somehow, they're 11-1 and in the playoffs since they faced that 3-1 deficit. Somehow, they've won six of those 11 games in overtime. And I keep saying somehow, but it's really not that big of a mystery. It's not that big of an history, history or mystery, I should say, of how this is happening or why this is happening. Or how much of a shock that it's happening. It's not. The Panthers did win the President's Trophy last year with the best record in the NHL. Now granted, we've talked many, many times about how that's actually a bad thing, not a good thing. But you have to be a good team to pull that off. Then in the offseason, they added Hockey Himmy to the mix. A.K.A. one of the most clutch ever. And this dude just cannot stop scoring game-winning goals which is exactly the kind of thing that gets a good team over the hump. Yes, Florida had a disappointing regular season. Who the hell cares? The Miami Heat barely got in. Who the hell cares? Both are getting it done when it matters most. Chucky is getting it done when it matters most. Over and over and over again. Like three separate times in one conference finals. It is truly amazing. You know what? Those, like he said, those in the area know. Those outside the area may not know. And maybe I'm opening up, I don't know. I might be opening up a Pandora's box here. However, one could even call what Chucky just pulled off in this series, for lack of a better phrase, a rat trick. Guys, keep yourself tight and feeling confident with new and improved Dove Men Plus Care Antiperspirant, reformulated with 72-hour sweat and odor protection and one-quarter moisturizing cream. Stop worrying about your underarms so you can be present for the moments that matter. Do not let underarm insecurities keep you at arm's distance from the ones you care about. Buy new and improved Dove Men Plus Care Antiperspirant with 72-hour sweat and odor protection wherever personal care products are sold. I remember the original rat trick, but I'm sure there are clones lined up right now to point out that today is a great day for the rat fam. And even if you don't know what I'm speaking of, I know you want to know. A great day for the rat fam. And that, in fact, it is the rat fam's favorite team, which is headed to the cup final. And really, if you want to look at it, you might even call it the year of the rat. Once again, I'll admit it, it is fun to see the Rats back on the ice deep into the Stanley Cup playoffs. And hilarious to see that a team celebrating with the Prince of Wales trophy is doing so amidst a sea of rats. Hard stop. Went out to my backyard, I think yesterday? Two days? 
saw a rat in the pool, head down like this, just like up and down. I'm telling you, man, all that rat bait that I have in my backyard, they always take it and they always end up at the pool and it's always disgusting. But we're not talking about my pool. We're talking about the ice. I want to get ahead of you clones on this whole rat fam thing because you've got it backwards like you always do. First of all, there is no rat fam. There was. And just because you can find it on the internet does not mean that it still exists. It means that the internet is in ink. And I've tried with everything in my power, my lawyers, my internet sources. I've tried to scrub the rat fam from the internet. I've not been able to do so. So there is no rat fam. But even if there was, I don't think any rats would find any of this amusing. Because this whole rat thing in Florida, for the backstory, for the history... Hockey fans know this. Florida fans know this. But for the rest of you, this whole rat thing in Florida started back in 95 because Scott Mellenby found a rat in the locker room and brutally murdered it. He treated that rat like a hockey puck and hit it with a slapper. I mean, wound up and hit it with a slapper. Straight into the wall. Then the Beezer called that quote a rat trick. And the rest is history. History that has nothing to do with our rat fam. Don't try to slam our rat fam into their rat story. Because our rat fam no longer exists. This is all about the Panthers. And Panther fan. And South Florida sports fan. Because I'm pretty sure there's never been a better time to be a Panther or a Panther fan or a South Florida sports fan. One more thought about this on this extended open. And basically, I'm just proud of myself. I'm proud that I'm doing what no other national sports guy would ever do. Giving credit where credit's due and not resorting and being fat and lazy and going with some hot take bullcrap. 20 minutes on the Panthers if you need me. How about that? How you like me now? I'm not even done. I wish I were done because I hate this next thing. I wish it was 18 minutes on the Panthers and not 20 minutes on the Panthers because I hate this part of the job. Here's the flip side. I've got the best job in the world. I really do. And I know this. I know this. But even the best job in the world has certain aspects of that job that you do not like. I hate this part of the job. This is the worst part of my job. Saying things about guys that I love that I don't want to say, but I have no choice because it's the job. I love this guy. The guy that I'm talking about. I loved him as a player. I love him as a coach. I loved him when he came on this show. I still love him. I respect him. I admire him. He's everything you want in a hockey player and a coach and a leader. I think you know where I'm going with this. I love this dude. I just don't like what I saw him do last night. I don't like what I heard from him last night. It's part of my job to say it. So, this is the part of the job that I hate. I'm talking about my dude, Hurricane head coach, Rod Brindamore. You know I love the guy. I made that clear, right? What I didn't love was him talking about them getting swept, or worse, not being swept. 
Well, you know, that, that's the unfortunate part of this is he's going to look back and everyone's going to say you got swept. And that's not what happened. I watched the game. I'm there. I'm cutting the game. We're, we're in the game. We didn't get – we didn't lose four games. We, we got beat, but it's, you know, we were right there. And this could have went the other way. And it could have been four games the other way. I don't know, Rod. Like, you might be watching this right now and saying, hey, Rome, punk ass, didn't I not have your back all those years? I could punch you in the head right now and you'd die. And I'd say, you're right, Rod. <laughs> Dude, you are such a great player, such a great coach, such a great leader, such a great champion. Man, I love this guy. But it's kind of hard to say that you didn't get swept and that you didn't lose four games when you just got swept. And you lost four games. We didn't lose four games. My man, I know you know you mm. did. I, I even want to say I know what you're doing there. But I think you're going to want that back. I That's have way too much respect for you, Rod, to hit you with scoreboard, look up at it. But you know. So that that's a little bit unfortunate. I, I know it hurts. I know they were close. But mm. we can go ahead and lump that right on the there is no failure in sports pile. There's no failure in sports. We didn't lose four games. I mean, if those two things aren't facts, then what is? Anything? That's not what happened. <laughs> That's not what happened. There is no failure in sports. Mm. We didn't get swept. We didn't lose those four games. Can, can you just say and do anything you want without accountability anymore? Because if that's the case, maybe I will join all those dopes at the hot take factory. If there's no accountability. Anyway, I hate that. I hate that part of my job. I hope Rod understands that I'm only doing my job when I say, my man, he actually did get swept. And he actually did lose four games. And everyone's going to say you got swept. And that's not what Do you know happened. why? Do you know why, Rod? Everybody's going to say you got swept? Because you did get swept. Mm. I hate that. Are you craving some protein after a good workout? Don't make a shake or eat a bar. Grab a bag of beef jerky from Old Trapper instead. Old Trapper beef jerky is tasty and tender. It's made with real strips of steak and quality spices that are smoked over a wood fire. And it goes wherever you go, to the game, to the gym, to the beach. Look for Old Trapper in the Clearview bag. You can see the quality you are buying. Look for it in major retail stores near you. And if you don't see it, ask for it by name because no other jerky compares. Old Trapper, what's your beef? Tony Luffman is my guest. Dude, it has been a minute. Tony, what's going on? How you living? I am so thrilled to be on with you. The love is mutual. You Hall of Famer. I brag about you all the time, and I'm constantly telling stories. I'm ecstatic to be with you. My man, this is why you're the best. You have never changed. You have come up. You are dominating. You're at the top of your profession, and you are the same guy you have always been. I always, always respect that about you, Tony. It's great to have you back. The energy is the same. All right, so let me ask you about the Panthers. They were at the bottom of the division for much of the regular season. Now they're in the Stanley Cup final. Question is, how the hell did they get here? I think two words sum it up. Matthew Kachuk. He's the brave heart of his era, minus the face paint. He's John Rambo. Nothing is over. Richard Crenna, highly underrated in that film. The bottom line is they're not a Cinderella. Their regular season was not anything like you'd expect it to be. 
but he's had three game-winning goals in the Eastern Conference Final. He was a hard finalist during what was a turbulent year. But to put in perspective what he's done and what they've done in the playoffs, they were down to Boston three games to one, best regular season anyone's ever seen, and they finished 43 points behind Boston. Then they come back, win three straight. Then they win four or five against Toronto. Then they sweep Carolina, first time in franchise history they've ever done that. So they're 11-1 and one in their last 12 playoff games. This team is for real. The Kitty Cats are fierce, Rome. Tony Luffman joining us. Tony, I was talking about him in the open, and I cited many of the similar stats that you just did. And he is a polarizing guy now, Chucky. You love him or you hate him. I love the guy so much. I love him. I love his dad. I love that family. What what has he meant to the team since coming over from Calgary? And is he a different player now than he was then? Or is this who he's always been? It's a great question. And he means everything to that team. What they say, and I love when we cover the draft, it's a huge moment in the young uh, lives of these players. And for many of them, unfortunately, that's as far as it goes. But with Matthew Kachuk, you knew, and you mentioned his dad, you can't run away from the DNA. We always talk about guys that drag others into the fight and to draw the parallel to basketball, which I know there are more mainstream basketball fans than hockey fans. He's got that Magic Johnson, Larry Bird, Michael Jordan quality where he makes the guys around him better. And not just better, but tougher, more fierce, more competitive, more willing to agitate. He's, I loved your question about has he always been this way? I think the answer is yes. I go back to watching him in the World Juniors help Team USA win bronze, and he's always had this swag about him. Before we even started using the word swag, Kachucky e. Cheese had it, and he is just spectacular to watch. This is the brightest uh, lights. These are the, the biggest stages that these players can be on, and he's flourishing. And it's not a surprise because he's wired that way. Tony Luffman joining us, not to be the old head, but his dad was the same way. His dad was always the toughest guy in the ice, but also not just tough, tough with tremendous skill, great in the room, great leader, lead from the front. Hey, when it's all said and done, do you think that the kid might ultimately be better than the old man? I do, and I would say that with all due respect to the man they call Big Walt. Keith Kachuk was the first American to lead the NHL in goal scoring. You know that, and you're well-versed on the history of the league What's different about Matthew is that he is leading a team. He's a Hart Trophy finalist. And to put in perspective how many Americans have won that, it's two. The league has been around over 100 years. And Connor McDavid's going to win it this year, and he deserves to win it by a mile. He's like Usain Bolt. He's in his own stratosphere. But for Matthew, an American-born player, to have the kind of – I mean, they beat Toronto in round two – Toronto's like the New York Yankees of the NHL. They have every resource. They have every possible advantage you could have. And they beat them four games to one. They finished 19 points behind Toronto during the regular season. They are not that team. They're not the team that struggled mightily and had to go 6-1-1 in their last eight. They're the best team in hockey right now. And I defy anybody to disagree with that. I don't think you can look at what they've done and think 
any other team is as hot or as good as they are right now. Tony Luffman joining us. There's always that question, right? When you get to this time of year, who is the team to beat? The best team or the hottest team? And if they're both those things, they're going to be awfully tough to beat. What about Vegas? Go to the other side. Vegas is looking to join Florida in the final by finishing off the Stars tonight. Dallas, Tony, is not going to have Captain Jamie Benn, who was hit with that two-game suspension for cross-checking Mark Stone in Game 3. What do you make of that particular play? And in your opinion, does that punishment fit that crime? The punishment fits the crime. I always salute the Department of Player Safety. They do a really good job of protecting the integrity of the game and the players. And Jamie Benn said it himself, that emotions run high. He's a really good captain that had a really bad moment. And unfortunately, there's never been in this round of the Stanley Cup playoffs a team that's come from down three zip. It's 46 to nothing. I don't think Dallas has what it takes to pull off the reverse sweep. But what I do want to make sure that I make mention of is celebrating what this would mean for Vegas. This is season six. This would be the second time they reached the Stanley Cup final in the first six seasons. I can make radios turn off in Tampa by mentioning that the Buccaneers lost their first 26 games in the NHL, uh, in the NFL rather. In the NHL, what the Vegas Golden Knights have done is extraordinary. They're an expansion team. They've gone to the Stanley Cup playoffs five out of six years. Their owner, Bill Foley, said they'd win a cup in their first six years. And here they are. To put it in perspective, Rome, you have to look at the Edmonton Oilers. They went to the finals three of their first six years of existence. But they had Gretzky and Messier and Hall of Famers. What Vegas is doing is extraordinary. Just truly sensational. Oh, I can't get enough of it. They're one of my favorite, favorite topics. In fact, I said it, Tony, on the show yesterday, they're one of the most intriguing, fascinating franchises in any sport to me. In fact, I spoke to their GM, Kelly McCrimmon, yesterday. We talked about a number of things, Tony. We talked about Jack Eichel, and I said that nobody ever doubted his talent. He was the number two pick overall. We all know this, but there were questions about his health, maybe even how he might fit in with Vegas. There aren't any questions anymore about this dude. How has he looked to use since arriving in Vegas, and what has he meant to that team and franchise? So huge. You're on it. You're always on it, and that's why you're a Hall of Famer. But let's not digress. Jack Eichel is oh, no, we can digress. Amazing... We, we can talk more about me. Go ahead and digress. <laughs> Just kidding. Go ahead, dude. <laughs> Jack Eichel is a formidable talent, and I think he got caught up in a situation that a lot of players get caught up in. You mentioned my history as a UCLA basketball manager one thing I think about all the time is fit. If Ed O'Bannon, the Toronto Raptors were chanting, we want Ed, we want Ed. At six, Isaiah Thomas picked Damon Stoudemire, and he had a hell of a rookie year. Ed got picked ninth by the New Jersey Nets. Jack went second, as you mentioned, but he went to a Buffalo Sabres team that right now is in the midst of the longest postseason drought that they've ever had, that any team in the NHL or any of the four major leagues is having. But the Pagulas are doing everything to get that thing pointed back in the right direction, and they're going to be back in the playoffs soon. Jack was a key player there. He was the franchise guy. Since getting to Vegas, he gets to be a part of the solution. He's not expected to do everything, although in this spring he has done everything. I'm amazed by the way he skates because he's pretty much upright. I call him 6 o'clock because on an analog watch, that's what he looks like. But he goes so fast because the other guys are skating as hard as they can. He's a really special talent, American board kid, and very easy to root for. I'm happy for him because this is his first playoffs. And as you mentioned, the 2015 draft, that's a long way back. And there's no shame in going second to Connor McDavid. That guy's 
special to a degree that there's only probably a handful of guys you'd mention in the same breath by the time 97's career is over. Tony Luffman joining us. The big head and I always talk about fit. Like for every sport, every team, fit is so important. You can't pick where you're drafted. Fit is everything. So barring a historic comeback by the Stars, we're going to get Florida and Vegas in the Stanley Cup final. Styles do make fights. How do you see that potential matchup? Who would you take if it plays out like that? I would take, because of what we discussed earlier, these Florida Panthers, because of what you said, not just the team that's playing the best at the end of the year, but the hottest. And so their level of confidence, when the Prince of Wales trophy is presented, some teams are superstitious and they won't touch it. And the captain goes over to receive it. Their whole team skated over and it wasn't surprising. Everybody was touching and it wasn't surprising. The the trophy is just another notch in their belt. They are, to take nothing away from Vegas, because I think they're a tremendous team, but they don't have what, this Florida Panthers team has right now. It's that it quality. It's that special sort of, if we remember back to that incredible Patriots team that went undefeated and then lost in the Super Bowl to the Giants, the Giants didn't have to do anything after that. They won that game and they go off into history. And it's amazing for Coughlin and all of them, Michael Strahan, this team pulled off an historic upset in the first round. And since then they've lost once. So they stay hungry. They stay focused. I just can't see in a best-of-seven series them losing, even though they won't have home ice advantage. I'm all in on the Kitty Cats. They're not just, I think, this year's best team. They're one of the best teams I've seen in recent memory. Hmm. Tony Luffman joining us. Tony, one last thought. We always talk about you famously being the team manager of the UCLA basketball team, and not for any irony. I know you love that time. I know that you might even argue that you may not be where you are without that time. When you mentioned Ed O'Bannon the way you did earlier in this conversation, is it because it was in the context of what we were talking about, or might that have been your favorite Bruin? He is my favorite Bruin of my lifetime. Jackie Robinson, obviously, of all time, but I think about Ed all the time. If, if you see the movie Air, he's mentioned in it at the end. And what he's done for college athletes going forward is truly the stuff of pioneering. And Kurt Flood didn't get the love he deserved at his time, and Ed has not gotten the love. He should be an assistant coach at O'Bannon in college basketball or a head coach, but he's been marginalized. And I think that's a real shame. He is a brother to me, and I love him with all my heart. And I really think that if he'd gotten a different fit, things could have come out entirely differently. Or if he doesn't blow out his knee, then he's in Grant Hill's class. You know, when they played the McDonald's All-American game, it was back and forth between those two guys. He would have been a heck of a running rebel, and he would have made tens of millions of dollars. Bottom line, I love me some Ed O'Bannon. Yeah, you saw it up close, and I remember very distinctly when Ed was in college, he was an incredible, incredible college player, an incredible leader, and he wanted to be that guy. And he carried himself with class and dignity. I mean, he was the guy. Leave me with this thought. I mean, he might be your guy. Who else really resonated with you? Who were some of your favorite guys from that time? Tim Duncan at the time. I was a USA basketball manager, and it was my chance to represent our country. I was so proud And he was going into his senior year, and we played the 96 Olympic team, and that was called Dream Team 3. They had Shaq, they had uh, Akeem Olajuwon, and they had David Robinson. So they had three seven-footers that are all among the best to ever play in the NBA. Duncan was never intimidated. He's the best at movie quotes of any athlete I've ever been around. 
And he's just a really down-to-earth, likable guy who worked really hard on his game. So I wasn't surprised that he had the success he had, but I wish more people knew because they, the one thing you hear again and again about him is that, you know, Mr. Fundamental and this and that, he, he just doesn't show it. But the guy's got an amazing personality, and he's a great teammate to go along with all the prowess as a basketball player. It's really true. You would never know that about him based on what you see publicly, but those inside and those who spend time with him would say that like you just did. I want to remind you, for every game, NHL Network is airing live pre- and post-game coverage on NHL Now and NHL Tonight. You can watch Tony Luffman on the post-game show following tonight's Game 4 between the Knights and the Stars. Tony, great to run you down. I do love you, man. Great to have you back. Good job. The love, the love is so mutual. I'm so proud of everything you've done, and I'm honored to be a part of your broadcasting tree. U.S. Cellular has some great news, especially for you, person listening to this podcast. Right now, you can get one line with unlimited data for just $29.99. So, unlike other cell networks, you won't have to pay for lines you don't need just to get a good price. Get one line for $29.99 with unlimited data today. U.S. Cellular, built for us. Terms do apply. Visit uscellular.com for details. You know who nobody needed to hear from yesterday? The part-time player. The part-time player and full-time franchise slayer. The part-time player and full-time conspiracy theorist and flat earther. Nobody wanted to or needed to hear from that dude, but that did not stop Kyrie Irving from jumping on Instagram yesterday to get in everybody's face. To get in everybody's face about how basically everybody needs to get out of his face. And if that doesn't make sense, it's because, well, it doesn't make sense. Like most of the verbal diarrhea that comes tumbling out of this dude's mouth. Huge surprise, everybody. Kyrie Irving is spouting nonsense yet again. Kyrie would like your attention so that he can tell you to stop paying attention to him. I can't deny it. His name has come up quite a bit on social media a lot this week. It has. In the wake of the purple and gold Titanic finally sinking for good. Yesterday, Kyrie took to Instagram to essentially say... Keep my name out of your mouths. Stop mentioning me on Twitter. All y'all fan bases, stop mentioning me right now, please. It is still the Western Conference and Eastern Conference Finals. Like, or excuse me, Denver's going to the finals. We're still waiting for Boston and Miami. Can y'all please leave me the f*** out of this? Please, can I just be with my family in peace? Y'all got people at my dinner table discussing what my free agency plans are. (laughs) Stop that. Y'all think it's funny but please stop that. I, like, I actually like having peace of mind when I'm at the crib, right? Like, I, I see all y'all ads. I, I see all y'all mentions, okay? I said it. I see all y'all stuff y'all be saying. I see all y'all memories. I get it. I get it. I'm just as excited as y'all are. But you gotta chill, though. This dude. This dude. I mean, he, here's a really amazing thought. How about you just put the phone down? How about rather than tell other people what to do, you just log off for a few minutes? How about that? Maybe you don't go live on Instagram if you don't want to deal with people on social media. Crazy idea, I know. His next stunt is probably going to be firing up the IG Live 
to lecture everybody who actually watches that IG Live for watching that IG Live. Hey, everybody gather around and look at me. The hell are you looking at? Hey, hey, everybody, I'm going to be on IG Live. Gather around and stare at me. The hell are you all looking at? Get the hell out of here. Of course, people were going to talk after he showed up courtside in L.A. for Game 4 of the Western Conference Finals. Oh, yeah, Kyrie, there's that too, right? Why are you all talking about me? Stop bleeping talking about me. Oh, yeah, I don't know, Kyrie, you're at Game 4 of the Western Conference Finals. Of course, people are already talking about him rejoining LeBron this offseason. And do you know why people think that he's about to jump ship on the Mavs? Because that's what this dude does. He leaves. And when he leaves the team, it's always in worse shape than he found it. That's his M.O. So, of course, people are expecting it to happen again this offseason. Especially since we're only three months removed from LeBron crying to the media about how disappointed he was that the Lakers failed to trade for Kyrie at the deadline. So I think now would be a pretty good time, as any, to remind everybody that LeBron was wrong. LeBron was so wrong three months ago. And Rob Lowe Palenka was right. Kyrie was a terrible idea then, and he's a terrible idea right now for the same reasons. If the Lakers had made that deal for Kyrie, they would not have been deep enough or versatile enough for a playoff run. And they should not be pursuing the part-time player and full-time pain in the ass this offseason either. Especially if it means they have to let Rui Achimura and Austin Reeves walk. I mean, maybe you thought you would never say this or hear it from me, but letting Reeves walk would be a disaster all on its own. Yeah, I said it. Letting Reeves walk in order to make room for Kyrie is whatever's even more disastrous than an epic disaster. Yes, I actually said that. I mean, it really would be a calamity. It ain't broke. They were rolling. The pieces fit. They were versatile. They were deep. They had some athleticism. Laker honk. Car flag nation, you don't want this. You might think you want this, but trust me, you do not actually want this. It's baggy enough as it is up in there. There's enough insufferable things going on up in there. But even more than that, Kyrie has been a disaster and a losing player and a disruption and a distraction for years now because he's all about him all the time which is why teams that keep getting involved keep getting burned. Don't do it. Don't do it, L.A., or you're going to be the next ones to get scorched by that part-time player and full-time franchise slayer. Play all day. This dude is on Instagram lecturing people to stop talking about him on Twitter. Stop mentioning me on Twitters. Stop mentioning me on Twitters. Hey, dude. Stop looking at your phone. You gotta chill, though. Don't you know by now you can't control what they do, quote, on Twitters? You can't control anybody else? So put your phone down. Stop mentioning me on Twitters. Stop logging on to Twitters. This dude 
at least the world, the flat world does not revolve around him. Stop mentioning me right now. You don't want that, Laker fan. Only LeBron wants that. And when you give LeBron what he wants, what happens? Let Rob Lowe Palenka do his job, Bron. He's much better at that job than you are. He proved it. Please leave me the out of this. Nobody needed to hear that yesterday. This dude lecturing all of us on what we can and can't talk about on social media is so rich. So rich. Discover credit cards do something pretty awesome. At the end of your first year, they automatically double all the cash back you've earned. That's right. Everything you have earned doubled. All the cash back from eating at your favorite restaurant doubled. All the cash back from that trip where you sort of learned to snowboard also doubled. And the best part, you don't have to do anything ridiculous to get it. Discover does it automatically. Seriously, though, see terms and check it out for yourself at discover.com slash match. My dude, Benny in Wisco, kicked things off. We did a good job for him. Made him look good. Of course, he's easy for us to make look good. He's good at what he does. Then my dude immediately called up and he RSVP'd for the event right afterwards, which is great. Just because I do the profile does not mean that you're going to be a part of it. It doesn't mean he'll take part. I loved it. So he didn't just RSVP, which was great. He wound up RSVPing as another smack-off contestant. This is why Benny is clever. Benny called up to RSVP, but he called up to RSVP as one James in Portland. Jimmy, my man. Hey, did you know that Alvy likes wrestling? You should start calling him Kurt Angle on account of Kurt Angle winning a gold medal in wrestling, as well as all the angles Alvy takes in the bedroom when he's wrestling with his wife. It comes out! <laughs> so good. Really funny. Very, very funny. So it got me thinking. Why don't we just roll straight into James as our next player profile? So that's exactly what we're going to do right now. James in Portland gets his first ever smack-off player profile. Now, James is actually some of the newest blood in the jungle. It doesn't seem like it because the guys come so hard so often. It seems like, it feels like he's been around much longer than he actually has. But in fact, last year was the first and only time he's ever made it to the air on the big day. Typically, dudes with only one smack-off appearance do not get smack-off player profiles, even if they do top 10 it. In their one appearance. And James did last year. He finished eighth. Pretty damn impressive for a debut. But typically, the player profiles are reserved for dudes with years and years of playoff or smack off experience. Maybe even decades. So it's a little bit unusual that this guy is getting this treatment. But then again, this guy is a little unusual. In fact, he's a lot unusual. It should tell you all you need to know about the impact that he's made on the program in a very short period of time. And I've got to be honest. I mean, clearly, I like this guy. I don't know why I like this guy. I can't quite put my finger on why I like this guy. 
but he cracks me up every single time he calls. And he has since his very first calls. And I'm not really sure what I like about it. I mean, the brand, the brand is something else, right? Those first calls were the calls where James established his now infamous obsessive fixation with Alvin's sexual proclivities. Speaking of under beds, Jim, let's talk about what was under Alvy's bed in high school. <laughs> you know, he wasn't a playboy guy. You know, Alvy, you were a penthouse guy. You were a hustler, man. And by the way, think of the socks underneath his bed. They were literally alive. Alvy, you impregnated a sock to the point where it got up, looked at you, said, thank you for my life. And ran out your door like a lemming. Insanity. If there ever was a dude with a brand, it is James in Portland and Alvin's sex life. The thing about James is he understands comedic timing. He understands how to let an opportunity present itself and then how to take advantage of that opportunity. Case in point, the time he managed to basically hijack the show for two full days last March with one single phone call, a phone call that lasted all of 14 seconds. Albie, I love when Jim mentioned today that some dude injected blow in his penis. You said, dude, dude, I got to try that, man. Albie, it's called booger sugar, not shaft sugar. And Jim... Ah! No, you don't like that call. I don't like that call. Not a very good call. So tell me, is that ever going to get old? And no, I'm not kidding. That particular phone call took over and dominated clone reaction for the better part of two entire days. It even led to a Shaft Sugar parody from John in Little Rock. Shaft Sugar and because James is James, he does get away with more than most people. Only James in Portland can lob a telephone call like this one in February, which should have been run at least three separate times. Jimmy. This NFL season reminded me of you. It just come and gone. Someone needs to explain to me how the Arizona Cardinals can spend $2 million or $2 billion on a stadium, but they can only drop two hundred grand on the turf. Maybe go drop $2 million on some Scott's turf builder. That turf was slipperier than Alvin Deloro's bedroom floor on a hump day. War, the NFL ref who threw that flag last night to shove that yellow flag right up his jungle back door. Come on! Alvin, what planet? What what are you doing, Alvin? He should have been run three times. You know it's bad when James drops the buzzer, his own buzzer on himself, because Alvin won't drop the actual buzzer. Like, Alvin, are you just off the side looking at James? What were you doing that day? Anyway, Alvin's like, I was numb. No, no, you weren't. You were enjoying it, Alvin. There's no doubt that James can hump, er, ride that line 
as well as anybody ever has. And there is no doubt that he can get laughs from his fixation and obsession with Alvin's sex life. But the big question is, how much more does he have to give? Does he have another gear? One-trick ponies never win the smack-offs. Don't get me wrong. He absolutely has the talent to contend. He has the talent to hit the board. Maybe his best, his very best, does beat the field's best. Maybe. As new to the game as he is, there's still plenty of room to grow and improve. He's good. But I know that he's got more potential than just jokes about Alvin's libido. Legendary as it may be, legendary as those jokes may be, I just don't know that he wants to show us another aspect of his game. Because I know he loves this aspect of his game. Jimmy, my man, and Albie, it's Friday. How much sex are you going to have this weekend? Happy hump day. And I'd say happy hump day to Albie, but every day is a hump day when you're a sex addict. Dude, dude, Albie's pitching a tent. Alvin's going down where it's the yellow or the brown. Delora's coming in. Albie, you've never once put a sleeping bag around the beaver tray. Alvin Deloro. This guy is Superman without the cape. Alvi's never heard the word no. He only hears yes, yes, yes. Look, Rogan Loam, if you're listening, Boise State has blue turf on the playing field, and Arizona State has no turf on the playing field. While all y'all are hating the dog days of summer, Alvi and I are just enjoying the doggy style days of summer. We're Alvin enjoying oyster shooters this weekend. Come on! James in Portland makes the show better. This dude's manual buzzer, too, on himself. (laughs) Absolutely hilarious. I take back what I said when I can't quite put my finger on why I like this guy. Now I can. It's because he's absolutely hilarious. I need that montage to remind me. He will always make me laugh with the Alvi stuff. I hope that he surprises me on the big day in the main event and does level up and go to another level and show me a different gear. I would love to see this guy with a medal around his neck. I hope he brings something that makes me hand him a strap on the big day. Crazier things have happened. I mean, how Silk won it one year. No offense, brah. Crazier things have happened. Anyway, James in Portland. Can't wait to see how you show up on June 30th, my dude. Make sure you're there. Come on. All right, so there it is. Two profiles. Benny in Wisco. He can win it all. James in Portland. I don't know that he can win it all. He'll definitely make it better. And maybe he can win it all. You know... Horse racing analogy, maybe he fires that day. Maybe he has his best race. You just, you never know. You never know. Whatever the odds are, maybe he won't know what they are. Like we always say in horse racing, the horse doesn't know he's 20 to 1. James may know, but I guarantee he does not care. All right. Can you imagine a guy or a person winning the smack off with an entire topic or brand being Alvin's sex life? The problem is, what could he possibly say that he hasn't already said? That's the challenge. That's why you might want to incorporate something else. 
But then again, you got dance with the one that brought you. Anyway, we'll see what happens. James, my man. You got yourself an invite and a profile. Come on. Come on. All right, so what's your beef? You can beef about anything you want. I do not care. Sports, non-sports, personal, professional, anything, past, present, future, beef. Bring it to me. I'm here for it. Let's start with the phones. Running through the phones. 1-800-636-8686. Clint in Mississippi is going to set the tone. What's going on, Clint? What is your beef? Hey, Mr. Rome. Yeah, my beef is with TSA agent. I was in Atlanta last week trying to get my connection to Graffenburg, and the guy asked me, sir, you know you can't wear your cap backwards like that. And I said, well, is that a security issue? He goes, no. It's a because you're over 30 years old issue. (laughs) Well, isn't that a fine howdy-do? My man, that is a fine howdy-do. That's incredible. You know who once hit me with that in public? When I had my lid flipped around backwards? Years ago, years ago. You won't believe this. You know who told me to turn my hat around when I saw him in public? Pete Rose. In the valley. In the valley, I saw Pete. He's like, yo, Romy, what's up? Hey, man, turn your hat around. True story. Isn't that a howdy-do? A TSA agent told him to turn his hat around, and not because it was a security issue, but because he was over the age of 30. Amazing. Let's go to Sacktown. Like, this will not be amazing. I already know this. Let's go to Sacktown. Ryan in Sacktown. Yo, Ryan, I can't wait. What's your beef? Hey, what's up, JR? My beef is with Mike and La Quinta. Mike, until yesterday, I thought you resided at that seedy motel chain with free breakfast that I, Ray, wouldn't touch. But here's the deal, bellboy. Keep Sacktown out your mouth or I'll show up in your first world city, withdraw 20 bucks, and crash your entire banking system. And, oh, yeah, room 22 is still waiting on shower caps. Out. Ryan, 1-800-636-8686. Mike and LaQuinta did take a run at Ryan yesterday. Let's go to Michigan. We're running through phone calls. Carl in Michigan. Carl, good to have you. What's your beef? Hey, Van Smack, thanks for the vine. I got pedestrian beef. Jim, my beef is with these stop signs outside the store. Jim, your mom and my mom taught us to stop and look both ways before we cross. Now these people just walk right out in front of you. Not only that, Jim, they walk slow. And they walk at a diagonal. I mean, a position player's fastball thinks they're slow. Jim, war, Michael Block at the Colonial, and war, our hopes pinned on the Lions. I'm out. All right, Carl. He had a beef on Peds. Literally. Pedestrian beef. That's different. Let's try Arizona. Chris in Arizona, good to have you. Chris, what's your beef? What's good, Jim Rome? Let me tell you, my beef is with Brad and Corona. And let me set this up by just comparing it to these superstar players in the NBA who have no killer instinct. They're unable to step up at the level we expect because they've been told like since they were nine that every loss, you know, it's not really a failure. You're just learning and you're, you're a champion. No one can take that away from you. And now they're making all this money, which is great for them 
but it's bad for me. It's bad. That's not a good call. No. You don't like Dude, that made no sense like whatsoever. Not a very good call. If you're coming at the GOAT, it's one thing to say you best not miss. But if you're coming at the GOAT, you best be at least coherent. What kind of an argument was that? Not, not that Bradley needs me to defend him. I just need your argument to make sense, and that did not. All right, keep it moving. one 636 8686 You callers are not having the best day. Maybe it'll get better now. Let's try Vegas. Dino. Dino, what's your beef? Dino. All right, Dino. Now you're done. That didn't make it better. You don't like that call. I don't like that call. Not a very good call. All right, Tommy. I know you're working pretty hard. Should we stay with the calls or change up and hope to change our luck? Let's go to Madison. Great town. Good things happen there. Pete in Madtown. Pete, what's your beef? Hey, Jim. Thanks for taking my call. My beef is with the architect who designed the building I work in. So in the men's room, they've got the door swinging open to the right inward into the room. And then right behind that door on the right-hand wall, they put the hand dryer. So if you're standing there hand drying your hands, door opens, you get hit with the door. This guy's some kind of genius. Hey, yeah, how'd they push that through? That's kind of weird. I wonder if our son Jake, who does work in Madison, who loves his job, is dealing with something similar. Is that a Madison thing or just that one architect? Who, who didn't catch that? All right, not, again, not our best call day beef-wise. I want to change up. Let's go to the written beef, see if that helps. Hey, Jim. Didn't we already have this beef exchange? Here it is again. My beef is with Ryan in Sucktown. I usually do not go after clones, but this idiot has earned it. Ryan. Didn't we read this yesterday? Is this the exact same one, Tommy? Ryan, I know that you think you're hilarious when you practice your smack in the bathroom mirror in your grandma's basement in Sacramento. Did that, that whole first part of it is the same. I'm going to skip that. You know what? This is not a good beef segment so far. This one says, my beef is with blinkerless lane changer guy. Has the task of flipping the blinker handle up or down become too stressful? Which way are you going, D-bags? I kind of need to know, and it's not asking too much. Sammy in H-Town. Wells, my beef is with carrot cake. What a stupid-ass dessert. If I wanted to eat vegetables, I would eat vegetables during dinner. Don't go and ruin dessert by making some cake for carrots. Yeah, I don't know, Wells. They smother the carrots with sugar. And cream cheese. Bro, you could use carrots. A lot of them. And as long as they're going to let you eat them and mix them in with the dessert, you should be rejoicing. It's not Brussels sprouts cake. You're making no sense, dude. Per usual. Hey, Jim, my beef is with mosquitoes. What the hell is their ecological purpose? To be bat food and annoy humans. They are the little pieces of poop in the bucket of ice cream that is the animal kingdom. Best. Will in Erie. 
Jim, my beef is with ice. Why is it that when I purchase a bag of frozen water, the cubes are welded together in search of a luxury liner? It's a great line, actually. He goes on. I find myself having to OJ the bagged iceberg into little crystals. Now I have shredded water and my wife is pissed because her socks are wet from the puddles on the floor. Tim and Clifton Park. Well done. Tim is good, dude. Tim and Clifton Park is pretty clever. I like what he brings to it. Hey, Rome, I have a beef with the new guy in the office. Dude is wearing no less than 15 of those bead or friendship bracelets. Hey, I get it. If your daughter made one for you or if you wear one for a loved one that passed away. But 15 freaking bracelets? Come on, bag. You're not a high school kid. Be a professional. Aaron in Iowa. Romy Rome. My beef is with coworkers bringing me food that they've made. I appreciate the gesture, Karen. But after hearing stories of your three cats, I think I'm going to pass on your hairball brownies. Patrick in Alabama. Rome. My beef is with LaFlop. Does this dude suffer from an inner ear problem? How in the world does somebody who goes 6'9", 250 plus get pushed around like a tackling dummy? Get off the floor, play basketball. Mike in Minneapolis. At Shaggy Mac. Tense Mac. I got beef. With my new helper who thinks he can slough off during your show so he can hear you better. Get to work, kid, or it's going to be, if you're getting ready for work right now, your name probably isn't Liam. Come on, man. Cut Liam some slack. It's making him a better worker. It's making him a better human being. Rome, my beef is with graduated college guy. As in, my son or daughter just graduated college. Students do not graduate colleges. Colleges graduate students. English 101. Come on, do better. Alan, don't do that. Alan in 505, don't do that, Alan. Come on, man. Do you want to be that guy? Really? I know I said you can have a beef about anything you want, but not that. Rome, I have beef with my mom. Still in contact with my ex-girlfriend. Hey, mom, I know you always wanted a daughter, but get over it. I did. Todd, no longer in Hermosa Beach. That's interesting. That's not, like, original, but that's interesting. You know, Dodger Jano is still in contact with some of the boys' exes. And but the boys' exes don't have a problem because they're they're nice gals. It just didn't work out. Everybody is mature. I'll, I'll leave it at that. James Rome the third. Actually, there is no James Rome the third because there is no James Rome the second. I have a grievance with the repetitive plot lines in the show Succession. Will a deal get done? Will the board approve? Does Shiv have ulterior motives? We get it. Please move the story along. Beauregard in Pacific Palisades. 
Beauregard, is the show not done? I, I'm an ep or two behind, but is the show not already done, effectively? But but I know what you're saying. It can. I I love the show, but it can be a little repetitive. Drew in West LA. I got a beef with red velvet cake. It's just chocolate with red food coloring. Well, I'll give you this, Drew. Not great, but better than the fat guy's carrot cake take. Hey, Jim, my beef is with the beef segment. More of us and less of you. Never good formula. Rob in Green Bay. Not today, that's for sure. Normally, it's great. War the 25 draft. All right, let's get back to the phones. See if we can salvage something. Let's go to Texas. Jay in Texas. Good to have you, Jay. What's your beef? Romy, a couple months ago, I called about sex versus the great equalizer. And I wanted to let you know that my wife has a beef with me about making that call. So kind of like what I understand from you and Jana, my wife's super cool. We get along well, but every once in a while, I'll do something and she kind of lays me out for it. So when I called about sex versus the great equalizer, I played it back for her on the pod. And um, the first thing she said was, wait, wait, that was you because I used a fake name. And um, I said, yeah. So I started backpedaling. And then her response was, um, what is the great equalizer? And I told her. So she said, um, you left the frat house about 30 years ago. Now you're calling a national, I think, sports radio show to talk about sex and diarrhea. Uh, then she proceeded to ask me if the Rome guy was married and wondered what his wife thought about it. Called me daddy frat boy for a weekend and then finished with, Stephen Smith would never put up with that call. Yes, Stephen Smith. So my wife had a beef with me acting a little out of school, Romy, and I thought you might enjoy how that worked out for me. Actually, I did, Jay. I enjoyed that a lot. Well done, Daddy Frat Boy. I did enjoy that. I love that he played it back for her, and then she started to kind of disseminate the whole thing, like, wait, that, that was you. That wasn't fake you. That was actual you. And what is the great equalizer? And you combine sex and diarrhea, and you call it a show with it? And, quote, Stephen Smith would never put up with that? Maybe not. Hey, I don't recall that I put up with that. Or did I? Anyway, good recap. 1-800-636-8686. Well, I'm going to fight through it. That actually got us back on track. Let's go to Tucson. Johnny. It's a beef segment. Johnny, what's your beef? Hey, Jim. My beef is with my head of hair and you. I'm the same age as you, and I got gray hair. You don't have a gray hair on your head. And also that guy that called you Matthew McConaughey. What about him? You're, you're bent that somebody thinks that I look like Matthew McConaughey? The, the funny thing about it is guys don't call me that. Women do, though, and I don't really know why. And it's not one, and it's not two. It's happened multiple times. And in terms of me not having a gray hair on my head, I got a few. I got a few. Dude, you need a better plan. You need a better plan. I've got, like, an amazing stylist. I'm not going to lie to you. And I try to work out. And I've got decent, not great, decent genetics. And most of all, even though Father Time is a mother believer. And it's never lost. I try to push back. I try to fight back. You can. Stay in the fight, yo. Push back. Push back against father time. Push back against the deterioration 
Do some work. Move. Throw the weights around. Get your cardio in. Eat better. Drink less. Have fun. But you can maintain that look. And I, as far as Matthew McConaughey goes, what I don't get that either. But I'm telling you, people stop me and go, "Hey, yo, McConaughey. Hey, you know who you know who you look like? Yeah, I know, Matthew McConaughey. Right? I'm like, not really. But I get that. I, I'm telling you, that's happened about 15 times. Never from dudes, but the ladies do. They're worse things. I mean, they could tell me I look like Wells. That would suck. Anyway, one eight hundred six three six. 8686. Let's try Vince in Maryland. Vince, what's your beef? Hey, Jim. How you doing today, my man? Good, dude. You? I'm doing fine, but here's my thing, and it's real quick. My beef is with the beefs. They just haven't been strong the past few segments. As you say, Jim, get in, get out. I'm out, brother. My man. So, your take on the beefs is that the beefs suck because that made them better. That didn't help. I mean, he's not wrong, but that's not making it better. Come on. Come on. I'm pushing through it. Let me try this guy. Bo in Nashville. I've got a good feeling about this. I just do. I could be wrong, but I've got a good feeling about this. Bo, good to have you. Bo, what's your beef? Jim, you know what my beef is, man. You my guy, I would never beef with you. And you know you got a good feeling when you call on me because you remember me, man. I no longer work at at and I'm a dump truck driver now, Jim. So this is the thing. Fellas, when y'all call in the Jim Rome Show, the Jim Rome Show, man, y'all better bring some content, some delivery, some excitement, and some energy, man. The guy that was talking about the TSA agent with the hat cocked backwards when you over 30, Look, man, I'm over 30. I got braids, I got swag, and my shoe game is tight, and I got drip. So that let me know that you didn't walk that walk and talk that talk, and you wasn't that part. This other cat is talking about Jim Rome. Somebody said he looked like Matthew McConaughey. Jim ain't got that many grades, but he does. Hey, man, that's all I can say. You might need to step your sex game up, because I know Jim Rome handling this business, man, so leave the great stuff alone. The other guy that was talking, like he was hyperventilating. <laughs> stop that, dude. Get your mind right. Pause. Chill. The other guy talking about the stop signs, jumping diagonally. Look, it lets me know you're from a little, little city. You got to come to Nashville, man. Broadway, where we had the biggest draft show ever. Live, man. We got diagonal, diagonal crossing zones. Man, you can watch how you want to walk. Step your game up. Jim, you my man. I love y'all. I'm flexing, and I'm out. I love you, dude. Bo in Nashville. That's why I had a good feeling about Bo in Nashville. He nailed that. He said, you know why you have a good feeling about me, Jim Rome? Because you know me. You know what I'm about. You know what I bring to it. And he's right. He was right about everything he said. Bo, my guy, it's not your fault. I don't know what it is. If you had a cleaner signal... I would have watch-listed you right there on the spot based on your drip, based on your swag, based on your energy, based on your content, and based on you checking everybody else hard who calls this show. It was that good of a call. Loved it. My man, don't be a stranger. And if I can get you a cleaner, cleaner line, you're a watch-lister all day long. Because you can't teach what that guy has. 
I mean, my man could play his way into a golden ticket. He makes it better. That energy makes it way better. And you can't teach that. He's right. I love Bo said, I no longer work at at and I'm driving a dump truck right now. My man, whatever you're doing, you're doing it right. You're doing it well. I know you're bringing a certain energy to it. I do love him. I knew it. <laughs> I love the way he jumped me like, man, you know. You know why you feel good about me. Because I'm me, Jim Rome. You know why you feel good about Bo in Nashville? Because I'm Bo in Nashville. Hell yes, you are. The only thing missing from that was you know who the hell I am. Evil Knievel would have approved of that message. You know who the hell I am? Bo in Nashville. That, that pumped me up. Great job, Bo. Appreciate you. I think we're done. Good night, now.